Welcome to Mainstream Matchups, and thanks for listening in. I'm your host, Tyler James. Mainstream Matchups is a podcast to discuss, analyze, and debate sports and sports news. This morning, we welcome Chris Young, former football player, now D-line coach at Highland High School, and Sam D, soccer coach, trainer, and tactics fanatic at DOF Soccer Academy, and head coach of the fantastic U11 Shakopee Boys team. So we're here to talk about EPL matchups, English Premier League, and much more. I'm really excited. So, Sam D, we want to talk about the MLS. We got a, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Orlando is to host the 2019 MLS All-Star Game. How do you feel about that? Is that a good location? I mean, bar the natural disasters, right? Orlando is a beautiful place to be. It's sunny. I mean, there's, like, a lot of things to do. Of course, it's very marketable. Yeah, got you, got you. Did you happen to catch the USA versus Mexico friendly? Uh, no, but I've read up, read up on it, and it seems like uh, Mexico has like a villain in Matt Miasca or something like that. Oh now, yeah, our, our six four defender. Did, right. did you did you happen to catch how he mocked uh, the the eighteen year old? Yeah, it looks like that. up and comer. something like I saw that picture. That's the vibe that I got from it. It was not a good look on Matt Miyagi. I was kind of thrown off by it. It just was kind of childish. USA did get the victory 1-0. Do you see the USA being able to resurge with this young team? I mean, first I want to say, I hope it's not this whole vibe of USA versus Mexico thing that is leaking into the sport, because that's not something pretty. It's a healthy rivalry, I think. That is, that's safe to say. I was just saying, USA had won 1-0 versus Mexico. Do you right. think with this young team that USA is going to be able to research back onto the international scene instead of, you know, dwindling out into the end and not being able to make the World Cup? Yo, just look at kids that are coming in, right? Um, one is Wea. Wea is playing in PSG. Right? Pulisic is playing at uh, Dortmund. And they have the defender, Matt, Miasga or the Miaga? No, it's, it's, it's Miasga, got the right? Z in there. And, I just can't say yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's at Chelsea. There are a lot of players that are out there, right? And not just out there, but actually playing, right? That are coming back to play for the national team. And you'll see more of that. And you'll see the MLS creating its own and sending it out there. And then you'll see some that are coming here. Because, again, MLS is now paying. So, yes, there is sort of there is that. Uh, environment for something good to come out of. But then also, I suppose I just said that the MLS is um, making yeah, its I, own. So I, I, I completely agree. So, There's yeah, a lot of advertisement so, within the MLS right uh, now, especially with David Beckham right. going and releasing the idea 2020 that he's going to be able to set up Inter Miami FC. Exactly, exactly. So like, yeah, what, but but I wanted I, but I wanted to cat, I want to get to your question real quick, Chris. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to ask. Uh, it was a fleeting thought. Definitely Let's hear this tweet. Oh, so uh, you guys were talking about earlier how much back in like the early 2000s, MLS, how much money was it again? Oh, so they would they would make an average from 30 to 60 thousand. It was it was a lot less now. So they, they're making they're making upwards to an average of 100k to possibly 200k a person now. Right. The, like the lower the le- the lower spectrum is 200k. Then you get the highest is 800k. And then there's a story of like this guy, right, that was living, who was now one of the guys making over a mill, right, um, he used to, like, rent out a place at his buddies, right, and then he used to make uh, 30k or something like that. 
right? But just to finish um, the question, you were saying, do I see that the U.S. could become a powerhouse or something like that? And I said, yes. But again, England suffers from having too many imports. And then also Senegal struggles from having too many players out there coming back here for like a few days and then training. You understand? For example, France. Exactly. Who, who their parents aren't natural born from France, but they are as a person. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying in the controversy surrounding. Oh no, 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 not the controversy, but that it doesn't. It takes a lot more time to gel. So if you're playing in England and the other dude's playing in France, the other playing dude's playing Germany. There's all kind of different ways that people play. And then right. if you're a national team, you have to bring all these guys out right. here for a weekend and get them to merge and play. And, but there are other countries whose talent is actually within, right? So then they don't take it much, right? They play today and tomorrow. Spain, and then, you know what I mean? They're right. always together, so they're always playing. And right. just even just sitting around, just talking to your buddy and stuff like that, there's none of that. Right. right? So that's another... That's do do you believe a, a language barrier? Is that a little bit to cause that? Because you have so many people who are from all around the world, right. you know... I can't speak German, but if I went, you know, to go play in German, do you, do you see us getting along very well because we can't speak to each other? Dude, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things that, like, make for a good relationship. But communication is very important. And a team, a communication facility makes things go very fast. Right. If we were here and we couldn't speak to each other verbally, I'm sure we can get along fine with you. So then, yes, like, the thing is, soccer, you got to perform right now and stuff like that. Yes, communication and language barriers become sort of uh, become very big issues just because of how fast things have to go. If you can get a German speaker in German, the German team, it saves a lot of time, it saves a lot of translating, it saves a lot of money. You know, what I mean, in terms of like babysitting. Right. That's a good point. I I would like to just point out that Minnesota United play Real Salt Lake. Hopefully, we can get that W. Go Loons. I'd like to jump to the EPL. We've got three teams who are unbeated at this point. Any surprises there? Dude. <laughs> yes, there is a surprise, man. <laughs> to say the least, right? Oh, my goodness. Right? But I'm going to say I'm a Liverpool fan. So I don't even have to say it. You guys will pick it up from this, this whole thing. But, yes, I am a Liverpool fan. And I am surprised that we are perfect right now. Um, I'm always surprised. Yes, we're only four in, I suppose. The numbers make sense. But if Chelsea does well, Chelsea has better odds of doing it. So, exactly. so to be clear, the, the, the teams that do remain unbeaten are Liverpool, Chelsea, and, and Watford. And, and Watford. Whatever, that, which is the biggest surprise. Watford, yes. Right. Uh, last year, do you know how fair? I think they were towards the bottom of the group, right? To be honest, I don't remember. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fine. Who on Liverpool for you is making a difference right now? Oh my goodness. And that is the thing, right? Liverpool is that team that does not depend on one person. But I have to say that when Firmino does well, which he often does well, Liverpool does well. Okay, okay. Firmino. I've always taken a like to Wijnaldum. I think he's... He's got oh one of the one of the better goodness, touches, bro. and I he just, uses his body spectacular throughout the, the like game. I like the guy, and I cheer for the guy too. But then, like after a couple of years, by now Do you them, expect more. Yes, because of like you see it because you everybody can see what he has. But the thing is, something is just not clicking, and he was scoring at Newcastle. He took over, 
but he might be one of those players that if he is in, in a crowd of people that aren't as good and then he can do whatever he wants, he'll kill it. But if he has to function within a group, this won't work. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there any other teams on the in, in the PL standings that kind of just make you think, wow, how are they there? Or like, wow, you, you should be there, actually. Dude, Chelsea, I suppose. Chelsea's just like trying to just sort of chug along. And it's like that turtle that finishes in the end. <laughs> and so like, it could win, yes. But if others do well, which they should do well, then Chelsea will not win. And they go through Jorginho. And Jorginho basically does everything. He passes you the ball, then he comes and gets it. Then he passes it to somebody else, then he comes and gets it. Until it gets past one and half, until it gets to the attacking third, Jorginho really does everything. So I'm wondering how long he can keep that up. I mean, four games, cool, but this is the EPL. People are hitting you all the time. Dude. And now they have Kante playing up there, which is a good idea. But again, Jorginho, how long can he last doing that? And the EPL has no break. Everybody else has, like, winter break. The EPL has no break. True. I think one of the biggest standouts for me right now is to see Arsenal and Manchester United at two wins, zero draws, and two losses. Do you see both teams having the same issue? Or what is really going on with those? These are heavy hitters, right? These are supposed to be top four UFA Champion League teams. Dude, I am so excited you asked, right? And he's been killing me because I've been wanting to shout this out to the world. <laughs> One, Arsenal, right? I am excited that the coach put in that against Wicked. I was an Arsenal fan before, and I don't want anybody to call me out saying that I'm, like, reverting. That's not, that's not what's happening. But that kid is nice. Clearly I'm, a Liverpool fan right? still. <laughs> yes. But this kid has what it takes for Arsenal to really get Ozil into his game and Mkhitaryan into his game. And Lacazette has gotten into his game. And I think he's finally winning people's confidence. And the cool thing is, he doesn't care. Nobody has had confidence in him. You can't avoid it anymore. This dude should be playing. I agree with you, he should be playing. Where? Who else should be in the middle right now with Arsenal? That's the thing. Because you have plenty full of options. Yeah, yeah. You got Xhaka. Uh, Ganduzi comes in there, and Ganduzi is going to work in a similar way to Jorginho. But the difference is Ganduzi is not going to get every ball. He's going to come there, he's going to get the ball, he's going to look up, he's going to figure out, okay, where should I get it? And he brings in pressure to open up the space for Ozil and Mkhitaryan to do what they can do. Gotcha. And the guy is good at placing himself in the right place now when they lose it to plug the gap and not allow for a counterattack. Gotcha. Uh, Arsenal, offensively, I've never really had an issue with Arsenal. I'm, I'm more concerned with uh, the change at coach, and I'm worried about the what are we going to do about that defense? Because I feel like we've hit a lull, kind of. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the past three to four oh, years, we have goodness. just not been able to defend. You know, the same year that they bought the German center back, Mustafi. Barca bought Umtiti for cheaper. And did you see what they did? He has a release clause of $400 million. For Mustafi? No, no, for Umtiti. Oh. For Barcelona. Dude. There you but go. he's young. That's I'm... what I'm saying. <laughs> Umtiti is so much more useful than uh, Mustafi. Mustafi hasn't really... Dude, that's a, I'll go on this tangent. That was a bad choice. But, again, this kid, he does it well. He does good at, on defense, on offense, right? But the thing is, he places himself on both when he's attacking. So you want to attack, but at the same time, while you're attacking, you got to make sure that you're covering your back. 
what I'm saying? So the kid does that. He positions himself in a good position where he's attacking well, but at the same time, as soon as we lose it, he's right there, plugging it, right? That will easily firing if the offense is firing. Now, the other team has to deal more with you. And the issue is we've had Ozil defending. We've had with the problem. What you have to do is make sure that the other team has to deal with Ozil's offense. Right? Rather than trying to have him defend. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. Right? Ozil got more guns than you. Instead of you trying to, like, shield with your tiny little... Just boom. <laughs> so let's get into some of these matchups. On Saturday, we have Tottenham versus Liverpool. Who do you, who do you have winning that game? Dude, again, I'm a Liverpool fan. So is, game, this, is this completely biased, or what, what? I, I can still I can still look at it objectively, right? I will try. Uh, Liverpool's five for five right now. I believe Tottenham's um, got three wins and sort of they're ten. Um, so Liverpool obviously is feeling itself more than Tottenham. Tottenham is dangerous. They have free-flowing, they have Harry Kane, they have fullbacks. they can hit a free kick better than most offensive players. But because, Trippier. Yeah. But Danny because, Rose. Yeah, they attack, which opens themselves, which opens up to being attacked. And Liverpool will confront you, so they both of them will come, are like shooting, man. But Liverpool's defense has shown itself capable. Or at least Liverpool's offense hasn't opened itself up to the counter-attack that they used to. So I'm going to go with Liverpool edging. Edging yeah. time. Do you, have a, do you have a score? In soccer, it's always hard to... This is going to be big. It's going to be like... <laughs> it's going to be 4-3, maybe 3-2, but the chances are there. The thing is, both teams are really wasteful too at times. So each team is going to get their chances. Who is going to be able to convert them, those chances? Who is Tot- going to be clinical? Tottenham is clinical more than Liverpool. Man, Harry Kane, he looks so legit. Oh my goodness. He is your prototypical forward. Big, can do everything on the ball, holds the game up, can turn off of it. I don't know if I've seen a more complete forward, even though I think Lukaku right now is showing great promise to be probably as regarded as one of the top forwards. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, there are times there was this header he had, and that gives you still hope. But I feel like, dude, Lukaku's shade up. He's red, man. You know, like, it's over. That, that <laughs> the magic's gone. You know, the potential. Uh, oh, no. At this point, I think he's becoming himself. You know, he's going to give you maybe 20. Um, to dominate like Drogba used to, no. That was the problem. They always compared him to Drogba, yeah, even yeah. when he was a kid. Even right. when when he was exactly. a little kid 16. playing over for Anderlecht. Right, but that was a little kid. In a man body. My goodness, was it ever <laughs> leading the league? My goodness. <laughs> Our next matchup: <laughs> AFC Bournemouth versus Leicester City. What do you see with that game? Man, I have to be honest, man. These games at the beginning, we still don't know enough, right? So I'm gonna have to go based on like what I know from past season. And Leicester has still they've lost Mares. You got this Madison guy that's like a bit um shorter. More Jack, he's got something in him, right? He's not as fluid, but you know, and they still have Ray, you know, what I mean, they have Vardy. I look forward to see Leicester City go ahead. They need to perform again. That is a good team. You've lost, you know, Mares, the pieces that were there that helped you get to where you needed to be to be able to win a title, but I. I still see a lot of hope for them. I still see them winning games. I don't see Bournemouth being able to put up much. 
they're going to be they're going to have a good coach and stuff like yeah, that. They're going to they're going to try to sit back, absorb and then they're going to try to counter when they can. And I feel like Leicester will try to do the same thing. Our next matchup is Chelsea versus Cardiff City. Yeah. Do you feel bad for Cardiff City? Chelsea I on the Chelsea, roll. Yeah, I think Chelsea is perfect right now and I'm just going to say Chelsea's going to win this obviously. I put 3 to 1. Chelsea's perfect right now. For the moment, right, Jorginho is able to carry the team. They have Hazard. Of course, Kante is looking better with every game. This two cannot do wrong. People joked, could run the entire world. They decided, all right, now let's make sh- let's shrink the world. <laughs> Imagine this was genius. So, our next matchup, uh, Huddersfield Town versus Crystal Palace. I'm going to try to say 1-1. One, one. I, yeah, I don't see much much action there. Manchester City versus Fulham. 4-0. Uh, Fulham is getting goals, right, but Manchester City, dude, you can't stop them. It's heavyweight right now. Yeah. I'm even surprised they have one more already. I thought they, they'd be no, up they, there. They, they, they tied. They're 3-0. They they oh, oh, they tied. Yeah, they you're tied. right. Three, that's right. That's right. Uh, next is Newcastle United versus my Arsenal Gunners. Ooh, that's what I'm saying, man. I just want to go back to the topic of Gunduzi. Yeah. Feeling really strong about this kid. They're starting to score. I want to say the coach is doing a good job. I was feeling a bit nervous, but when he introduced Gunduzi, I was like, what? Which, it's important because Banger brought in Seth Fabregas at 16 years old and trusted the kid to be the team that had just basically won and did not lose a season. I mean, the next generation was that, right? And this guy goes to the French league and brings in a kid who was playing in the second league and puts him in the first game of the season. Like, that draws attention. So you right? feel the makings of history repeating I'm, itself, right, I see. I'm, but I'm not spiritual or nothing, right? I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not religious. Maybe a bit spiritual. But I'm you feel religious. it. You feel but, it inside. But I'm saying, like, that. that's a big step. I'm saying these kind of decisions, these got big kind of decisions, bro. Right. You got to be a big person to make that kind of decision. Otherwise, you just, like, just put the spotlight on yourself just to make yourself a fool. So I was like, all right. So the dude got, you know, cojones, right? <laughs> then you watch the kid. And the kid, too, is brave. Fast forward a couple of games. He plays against Hazard. Hazard steps. Kid breaks Hazard without any kind of hesitation. Breaks the line. And because Hazard was the first, he broke that. <laughs> That's, that, that team didn't have time to, like, readjust. Right. You know what I mean? So we were guns ahead. Mm-hmm. A blaze, right? So I'm saying, like, that kid's got it. But the thing is, now Arsenal is shooting itself in the foot. How do we allow this kid to best do his job? They're not doing that. Right? So I'm saying... Maybe that's what the coach is failing. You got to tell Jaka to get out of the way. I think these two could work together, but I think in the end, a lot of people would say that new signing, um, this um, Hispanic dude, he's Latino somewhere from like South America or something. And he's nice, right? They, they compare everybody to Kante nowadays. He's nice. He can control the ball. But I always have a hesitation with having shorter guys being responsible for the ball. You know what I mean? Because they will isolate you. I've seen Manchester City do this to Arsenal. They put Flamini in the middle, and Manchester City basically created this big circle around Flamini. They let him have it, but as soon as he had, they attacked and lost it. Right. So I have that hesitation. And Ganduzi can do it, and I think Xhaka can do it. The thing is, Ganduzi can come here into that circle, get the ball, and then get it out. Then once now the defensive end comes out, we rotate. 
right? You come in, you watch, this guy plays a bit higher, right? And the kid can also, he's smart enough to know, I, there's too much of a mess here. I'm going to get out, let this guy get it, and then find it to me, and then I get it. And he has range. Now we're talking about getting everybody out of the way of the kid. And that's a big decision, again. But you can't go halfway, dude. Otherwise, it's going to look bad for the kid. It's going to look bad for you. And some people, when something goes wrong, they have a tendency to reject the whole thing. And that kid, you're looking to lose big rejecting. Our next matchup, Watford versus Manchester United. I, I'm really curious to see, are they going to be able to sustain that success? I know Manchester United has been having trouble with teams that you would think they'd be able to put away. So. Right. I put Watford will beat Manchester United. And again, I recognize that I'm a bit biased. I love to see Liverpool win, but close second, I love to see Manchester United just lose, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. But I can it, feel it. It's been shambled, bro. It's they have the same issue. Pogba is a player that you can kill you from afar. He can kill you from near. And they have the same issue that Arsenal has. Is that they will not leave Pogba the space to do his job. Right? You got Fred always coming in here. He gives you the ball and then he wants it back. Right, dude? Pogba needs babysitting. <laughs> Pogba, of all the people on the team, Pogba is the dude you want to leave. You know, Pogba got these tricks. Let him do him. With these tricks, he's still able to keep the ball. But he needs space because he's got long legs and stuff like that. But these dudes are all over him. If they do that, which I saw hints at, right? When they, which was curious because they, it was when they had Fellaini in there and Matic in there. And I thought, I saw him like this. And it was sort of, it was beautiful because it was like looking like those old school type of players. You know what I mean? Like the rude bullets and stuff like that. These like these tall dudes in the middle, right? <laughs> that are just like, you know, they're shooting themselves in the foot, them two. I agree. What you're saying about that, and that would conclude the Saturday games on Sunday. They got Wolverhampton versus Burnley. How do you feel about that game? Dude, um, I know the same thing, but I also know that a lot of these EPL teams have invested big. So like you have, what is it? Huddlesfield, actually. Huddlesfield has a few Portuguese internationals like Moutinho, who a few, yeah, a few years ago, like you had people like how much Manchester United would have paid for that guy? How much were they paying for him at Monaco? You know, like these are big guys. Rui Patricio, this is a legit goalkeeper. These are quick goalkeepers that Arsenal and stuff like that wanted to have to stabilize their defense. And right. Your next matchup, Everton versus West Ham United. Uh, West Ham has looked pretty awful. They're 0-4 right now. Everton, they're doing pretty well. I think they're sitting around the top. Yeah. Do you see Everton being able to continue the success this week? You asked me a question earlier. Is there somebody that has shocked you to be in the position they are in? And that is West Ham. It, the team looks beautiful. It's just like something is... They, they miss the shooting empty bullets this week. <laughs> Whatever can go wrong with them right now is going wrong. They right. just don't have an offense, and they can't defensively. They can't stop it. I, so. I think like they're just unfortunate in ways, right? I think they have the base to build something good. Everton has the next Galactico, Richarlson. Oh and yeah, he does look good. This <clears throat> dude just put in two goals in Brazil's uh, like five seven nil uh, game uh, win over somebody, right? The ball came to the kid. The kid didn't even hesitate. Somebody was running towards him, his own teammate. 
that kid put a foot through it. It was like one of those cherry on meat bags, bro. Right? I'm saying like in terms of time and in terms of space, the gap was very, very minuscule, bro. And boom! It was just instinctual, like Harry Kane type. Right? <laughs> but the thing is, the kid got more quickness than Harry Kane. I look forward to hearing more about it. Monday, there's uh, one game. Southampton versus Brighton Hove Albion. Is fireworks going off in this game? Dude, I think they've been doing decently. But Southampton has now basically achieved the same status as an Everton, right? So you always expect that they should be solid. Right? Gotcha, gotcha. That was our last matchup. Do you see a top four this year? Or is it too early to even say? Dude, yes, yes. Where within that, like, who's first, who's second, who's third, fourth? Yeah, who's going to Champions League? That's going to be hard. But Manchester City has to. At this point, Liverpool use spectacularly, yes. But now they burn out, but within, like, the top. You know what I mean? Before they burn out spectacularly over there and then finish out lower. But now they, you know what I mean? They still are consistent even through their, like, crazy inconsistencies. So they will end up there. I think Manchester United, if they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, will, and I think Tottenham at this point, and this might be my old Arsenal, you know. Straight to the heart. Sort of Leaving like, Arsenal out again for a second straight year. I'm saying, I didn't even realize this. That's what I'm saying, I didn't even realize it. But I was thinking, Tottenham, even though I want to resist this, and I think that's a note. Arsenal tendency, yeah, right? Like yeah, the, yeah. the funniest thing. I just want to go on the funny tangent, right? Ian, before the World Cup started, this is an Arsenal legend, right? And there's this rivalry between Arsenal and Tottenham as the North London club. This dude goes on Twitter and says, I'm a bit nervous seeing that England has mainly Tottenham players. <laughs> and, you know, that's a dig at Tottenham. Right? That's, that's a, almost a dig at Arsenal too, though, because who's not there? Not Arsenal oh, players. Oh, you yeah. didn't even see it no, that no, way. No, no, no. But I'm saying that was <laughs> that was funny because that was kind of you know what I mean. But yeah, Tottenham at this point, man, with the um, Pochettino, have constantly been doing it, and although they haven't, they are the team to watch normally for English teams in the Champions League. That's the thing; they are a good team. But they have, they might be in the wrong league. Might gotcha, be in, the wrong gotcha. league. in the Spanish league, they are fluid. But the thing is, in the EPL, but they are still kind of rugged at the same time. So. I like that, I like that. We wanted to kind of sidetrack off and go ahead and each give an interesting storyline, something that we thought needed to be told. Uh, Chris, what do you have for us to finish this uh, up? I think last week, Wednesday, marked the fifth year anniversary that wrestling was reintroduced to. Uh, Olympics back in 2011 it was taken out of the Olympics in around uh, February. Uh, it was later that year in September, actually September I think fifth was last week. The IOC he, uh, revoted to have it both, so wrestling wouldn't have been in the Olympics if not that case five years ago. I mean the Olympics is something like a lot of people look up to on an international level, you know. So to have one of the original sports taken out of it especially for wrestling, the, the, the amount of survival, the rate of survival, it would dwindle. I, think, I would think without the Olympics, wrestling would definitely dwindle. And I, and I think wrestling gets a lot of their spotlight from 
doing well, the Olympics. Because you don't, yeah. rather than, like, a national college right. setups. So I think that's extremely interesting. You know what's interesting, right? The number one sport in Senegal, right, that's where I was born, right, is wrestling. But it's a different kind of wrestling than the wrestling at the Olympics. And there's, like, sumo wrestling. So I wonder how it'd be an interesting, like, thing to have, like, I, so this year we'll have sumo wrestling in the Olympics, and then like in four years, let's have so being able wrestling. to expand it, right, yeah. right, right, yeah. because now then you get a bit more interest within like the right. communities in Japan, in Senegal, and right. like that. Yeah. that was some of the rule changes that they made. They reintroduced uh, women's wrestling. They oh, changed so a little good. bit about it, and they introduced junior Olympic wrestling as well. So uh, now they made it little bit more fun to watch and easier to understand so right. they took out some old classic rules right. three stall rules like a shot clock right. like you have to make an offensive move in 30 seconds so otherwise you can be penalized and are people like against that because no, people, people love that yeah. some of the people love that and even, that up, even they, the old people even the old, yeah, people. Even the old people get, get yeah. matches going you know right. every generation's loving it yeah, that's right. beautiful that's the first time that's the first time man Sam D, what storyline did you want to share? Uh, you know, we were talking about like the whole Serena Williams, and I wanted to get you guys' take on it first before I share it. For me, honestly, I think it's a, a bad look the officials. You don't need to go ahead and try to boycott your entire entertainment base. Everything about that sport for women's tennis is Serena right now, and, and to go ahead and even act like that was okay is... Do I think she acted completely appropriate? No, I think she may have misworded some things, but I think the entire premise of fighting for herself, to be able to fight for herself in that game, was everything, and that's what I took for it. She also was completely for, I believe it's Naomi Osaka, the Haitian and Japanese tennis player who ended up winning, and it gave her immense support, even though dealing with that controversy. I'm not too knowledgeable on the situation. I just know that she's being boycotted, so... That in itself is pretty unjust. Why would you boycott it? It's not like referees that get thrown around in the NFL don't want to go boycott NFL players. Or referees in basketball that get ran into. Or like referees in hockey that oh. get lit up on a check. The thing is, if you're getting run into, that's an accident. Versus, yeah. and, and also to keep in mind... To, to act like that was a big outburst from Serena, it wasn't. There's been plenty of people, McEnroe, I'm pretty sure he would have had something to do with that. Like, there's plenty of people who've had bigger outbursts and didn't really see any repercussions, did they? Um, I think that's where we have to stick to, right? Is have they reacted this way before to somebody else doing it? But then at the same time, understanding that just because they didn't react this way before doesn't mean that it didn't justify being reacted this way. I'm saying like they have to understand that they set a precedent before this, right? So they, they can't suddenly just go pull out like I right, we can. I mean, otherwise it makes them seem like they're just against her. But just be like from this point on, we will not be taking any of this abuse, right, from players because I do understand that players. This makes sense. You have somebody that's worth. 200 million, I don't know how much, right? And then you have somebody that's obviously not worth anywhere near that, right? This, that, that power dynamic, right? It goes to people's heads. 
And I'm not saying that they're, they're bad people, you know what I'm saying? But that type power dynamic goes to people's heads. And this person, this ref, deserves to be respected as a human being. And just like that person, and then that person who's worth 200 million doesn't deserve any pedestal. Right, so there has to be a even ground right there, and I'm always for unionizing. You know what I mean? So like I'm saying that if they want to be a union, I think they should. Right? I think the players should be also a union, right, and have the support, right? Because in the end, when they go against their bosses, you know what I mean? We know where the power dynamic in that. I'm saying here is a good spot for a lot of people to learn, and let's not just go how um team this team that you know what i mean um serena williams has to also be looked at you know what i mean like her actions you know what i mean and let's not just you know because like it's a the times are a bit rocky right now right and sometimes you we don't want to say things just because it looks bad because we don't want to be sort of negative towards women you know what i mean or black people but if a woman does something Right, that does deserve to be called out for. We gotta call it out. It's so like a black person does it. We gotta call it out. You know what I mean? To not call it out is almost worse. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? So let's let's not, not giving get anybody it, any yeah, preference. Yeah, exactly. Let's not get it. into these teams. Right. Let's look at this thing and then look for look at object. Try to be objective in it. Right. And look, see that it could be something that could come out very good for everybody. And and uh, and I think you're going even almost into like possibly political realm of why things are happening. But I want to I want to get back into our interesting storylines. Uh, mine for the week is Colin Kaepernick, Nike. They went ahead and made a deal, and made a commercial, pretty powerful impact. Did you have either of you seen it? I've seen it. Uh, I've seen the commercial. I've seen the ad. What did you guys think of it? In a sense, it's kind of weird. Nike supports the NFL. There are a lot of NFL owners that are in favor of penalizing people for kneeling. That's unjust. But then why doesn't Nike protest against the NFL by taking the jersey down? That's what I'm saying. That's like, why is Nike they, still they in their money. pockets? Because they want exactly. to make money. Why is Nike still in their pockets? Exactly. These guys aren't showing any type of... It's In itself, it is an oxymoron. Like There is no right. point for it. Right. If they want to support Colin Kaepernick to the fullest, right. take their jerseys. Right. Let's not get caught in the hype because this is a marketing ploy. Yes, Nike, thank you for standing up. But let's understand what it is. I'm not going to go out there and buy myself some Nikes just because they did this. Right? Yeah. I still have to understand that. Do you know who makes these Nikes? Right? Oftentimes, it's poor children around the world. You know what I mean? Who we would not... right? How we subject these people, we would not subject our children. So right. if Nike exactly. really, because again, MLK said injustice anywhere is a threat to injustice everywhere. So I'm saying, why is it that Kaepernick is protesting, right? Pro so, he's so, protesting so yeah. because people are not valued. And I'm saying Nike is here saying, oh, well, Colin Kaepernick, yeah, yeah. Colin Kaepernick right, has a good cause, right? Is, He's yeah. saying that we gotta value people. Right. At the same time, they're going out there paying people very, very little for something they make a boatload of money. Right, yeah. right. So they're, they're just trying to market here. Yeah, it's, right? it's and then yeah. their stocks just rolls, bro. The people yeah. just buy. That's what the they stock. wanted to do. We all know that Colin Kaepernick currently is 
in a case for collusion against the NFL not being on the team. Right, that so is absolute collusion. The, but, well, that's what he's fighting in court right now. I just think that there are QBs that are just not as good as Colin Kaepernick that have a position in the NFL, and he right, should be right, able right, to have right. a job right now. Right. And the, the fact that he does not, I think that is the that's most the upsetting thing that's about insane. this all. We're going to sign off here. Thanks for listening in to Mainstream Matchups. Thanks again to Chris Young and Sam D. I'm your host, Tyler James. We appreciate your time and look forward to having you join our upcoming podcast next week. Thanks, guys.